Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. How are we doing tonight? You guys sounded amazing back there. I could hear you singing at the top of your lungs. And let's give it a round of applause for that band again, that team. They did a great job leading us into worship. And uh, man, the, the words that they sang ran true. Uh, just, just the fact that God loves us more than we could imagine. Uh, we, we can't even realize what God did by bankrupting heaven to send Jesus to us. Jesus came down uh, to us where we are in our situation to show his love to us. And, and when we were singing that song, it just, just made me think about how much God truly loves me, how much he cares for me. And I don't know if you uh, understood that. I don't know if you felt that in that moment, but God loves you. He cares for you. It doesn't matter what you're in right now. It doesn't matter what you're going through, but he cares for you. And outside of what he's done through Jesus, the Bible says that the gospel, the, the good news of, of what Jesus has done for you, this freedom that we're talking about is not just for heaven, but every day realizing that he cares for you and that he wants to walk with you. And so I'm excited. I got a question for you before we, we get started. Um, I, we started the first night. I introduced a little bit about myself. I said that my name was Gib St. Jean. And I said I was born in what country? Anybody know what country that is? Hades? Did you say Haiti? Hades is like hell. You get that? Yeah, yeah. So Haiti, you can't put the S on there. You put the S on there, we're in a really bad place. All right, we're going to say, I'm from where? Haiti. Haiti. All right. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So we're going to talk about, what's your name, by the way? Yes, sir. Zeke. Give Zeke a round of applause. He was the, he was the one that got that answer correct. All right. I didn't want to single you out and not give you your, you know, your props, okay? And so we're going to talk about a subject called uh, born into bondage, born into bondage. And the truth is, yes, I was born in Haiti. I did not make that decision. I did not choose to be born there, but I represent. Okay, I was born uh, in Haiti. In fact, uh, I came uh, to the States very young. Uh, We moved from uh, Haiti to Michigan. All right. Haiti and Michigan are polar opposites. Haiti's very warm. Michigan is very cold. All right. And so it was a complete difference. Um, I I had no choice in the decision. Um, My parents were from Haiti. Um, I did not choose my parents, but there were some decisions that were made before me. There were decisions and actions that were made before me that determined uh, what I would walk into, the condition, the life, the the last name that I would have, the the complexion that I would have, the, the reality that I walked into. And uh, today we're, we're, we're talking about freedoms, right? We, we're celebrating uh, the 4th of July. There's a lot of things that we're able to do in America that you can't do in other countries. The fact that you can be a Christian publicly and not go to jail, in some countries they'll put you in jail for being a Christian. For having a service like this, you have to hide and, and you can't let the police see you because uh, they are against Jesus. They are against God and they don't want you to openly celebrate and worship. So when you guys are worshiping today, realize that some people can't do that as openly. You see, there were some things that were done before that, that I had uh, no decision in. And the reality is, is the Bible says that we were born into bondage. We were uh, born sinners, if you will. 
So if you have, uh, if you can look on the screen, the verse that will be in uh, today is Romans chapter 5, verses 12. It says, Wherefore, excuse me, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed unto all men, for all, excuse me, for that all have sinned. Verse 19 says, for by as many, wrong way, all right. for as by a one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. The Bible talks about the fact that Adam was our representative. Adam was the first man. We talked about this a little last week. Uh, excuse me, yesterday. Only been here for a week. All right. Yesterday we talked about what? We talked about the freedom uh, that we have, the origin of freedom. I told you that that rules and responsibility doesn't mean that you're not free. If you understand the purpose of it, you realize that it's to protect you, not to keep you away from something good. I, I told you that uh, when you realize the purpose of it, you begin to place boundaries in your own life to protect you from things that harm you. Uh, I shared with you that sometimes you can be in a, a right situation, uh, but be dealing with, with negative thoughts and uh, deceptive lies, and you yourself can function uh, in, you can be bound in your mind and ruin relationships, ruin experiences that you're supposed to be experiencing freedom in because you're a slave in your mind. And so today, as we kind of dive deeper a little bit into this passage, the Bible says that, that sin entered the world through disobedience. In that passage, we talked about the fact that, that Eve was deceived. The Bible says that the serpent uh, spoke to Eve, questioned Eve, uh, asked Eve, did God really say that you can't eat of that? God's trying to keep you away from something good. He doesn't want you to be like him. He doesn't want you to experience all of those things that you really want. But the Bible says that, that it was not just Eve's being deceived. The Bible said that Adam, who received the truth from God, he wasn't deceived. He made a willing decision to disobey God. And so the Bible says that it is through Adam's disobedience, Adam's willingness to, to follow, even though he knew that it was wrong. It's one thing to be deceived. It's another thing to willingly disobey what God has said to be true. And so the Bible uses this word. It begins to characterize uh, those uh, who follow, excuse me, the descendants of Adam. It, it calls us the, the children of darkness or the children of disobedience. We're characterized by this word called disobedience. Because we're, we're following after our descendant Adam and we are, are walking in rebellion to God. What was the freedom that they lost in the garden? Does anybody remember what the freedom was? Going once, going twice. They had the freedom to, to walk with God in fellowship in the garden. And when they sinned, they were cast out of the garden. And there were a lot of consequences. Uh, they would, uh, there would be death. There would uh, be disease. Everything that we see in this world right now that we would say is evil, death, destruction, uh, disease, uh, all of those things are the consequences of sin. And so the Bible says that everything that was once good was ruined because Adam made a decision to rebel against God. And so now we have sin in the world. It's crazy when you hear the things that, that are happening in society. I, I want to say it was uh, maybe a day or two days ago that, 
30 people were shot in Maryland. Someone did, basically did a massacre and went and, and, and tried to harm people. There are a number of things that we'll see and experience in life. We're going to say, how could a person do that? Why are people doing that? And the Bible says, because sin entered into the world, we are experiencing a fallen world. The Bible says that the, the world is decaying, that we are aging, that, that people are experiencing these things because sin has entered the world. And sin is not just a matter of breaking rules. It's the fact that our relationship with God has been severed because of the decision that we've made to rebel against him. And so I don't want you to think that it's just keeping rules or not keeping rules. The, the whole idea was that they severed their relationship with God because they wanted what they want rather than following God. And in that, God had to separate themselves, separate himself from them by removing them from the garden. Sin. Sin uh, came into the world by Adam's disobedience. And the Bible says uh, after that, that is how death and destruction came into the world. The Bible says that it is through Adam that we are all, we have inherited sin. So in other words, we all are sinners. We have a sin nature. Nine, nine out of ten times we will choose to do what we want rather than what God wants us to do. We are inclined to sin rather than to obey and to follow God. The Bible says that we have a sin nature. So in other words, when a person, when a person says, hey, I'm, I'm good, the Bible says that we're not. The Bible says that we're sinners. So if a person would say, I'm, I'm going to heaven, I'm, I'm good because I'm better than so-and-so, the Bible will say, no, you're, you're a sinner. You, you've inherited the sin nature of Adam. So when you look at a baby and they look cute and cuddly, the Bible says that that person, that baby is a sinner. We are all capable of uh, doing sinful things in spite of what we look like because of the decision that was made before us, prior to us. In Adam. Now, as I share some of these passages with you, I want you to understand this, that, that in the garden they were deceived, that Adam made a decision. But the Bible says that sin starts in the heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of of life before it was uh, oppression, before it was uh, the devil trying to deceive you and to tempt you into making you think that God doesn't care about you, that God doesn't love you, that God doesn't know how you feel, and and He's trying to to get you to make this decision. But now the Bible is saying that that you have desires, that you have a sin nature, that you have desires in your heart that are not good. You have uh, desires that God wants to protect you from because if you were to fulfill them, you will destroy yourself. Even the good thing that you consume it to the end will harm you. And so the Bible says that sin starts in the heart. You have this sin nature and you need to guard yourself. You need to protect yourself because out of those desires are the problems that you face in your life. The Bible says that envy and jealousy is what got Joseph's brothers to sell him into slavery. 
In other words, that's like modern day human trafficking. His own brothers were so jealous of him that they hated him that instead they were going to kill him, but they said, you know what, we're just going to sell him. It was a matter of their heart, the, the envy, the jealousy. The Bible even says that the Pharisees, those religious people of the day, that they were envious and jealous of Jesus, and so they tried hard and hard to to prove him wrong, to, to prove themselves right. And it was out of their heart, out of their heart that those issues of life came forward. The Bible says that let not sin reign in your mortal bodies. In other words, don't let the desires that are in your heart, the lust, the, the things that we know are against God, what the Bible says, uh, against his character, you see, sin is not just uh, something that is forbidden. God says that the thing that he's telling you uh, to stay away from, it's harmful. And so in this passage, he's saying that there are some things that are in your heart that if you were to, to pursue them, that you are going to harm yourself, that you, you do not have the restraint. You are not capable of controlling this. You need my help. You know, I, I think of a number of, of adults that I see, a number of uh, teenagers that I see, and, and they don't realize the connection between the desires that they have in their heart and the actions that they perform in their life, and, and even the things that are holding them down. Uh, there's, there's a lot of things that they're struggling with. They, they're just trying to figure out why they're anxious or trying to figure out why they're depressed or trying to figure out why they're feeling these things, but they aren't looking uh, to, the, to the heart of the matter. They aren't really looking down in their desires and realize what they're trying to pursue and why they feel bound. Why they feel like they, they can't control uh, this thing or that thing. You see, the Bible says, he gives a number of things, and uh, he, he points to our words. He says, let not your uh, desires, excuse me, let not sin reign in your mortal body. That word reign means to, to control or to, to overtake. He's saying, don't allow those desires that you have to control you. You see, when, when you begin to lose the very things, there, there are doctors that I've met that have lost everything because they've been addicted to one thing. There are people who I've met that, that have built homes, but they can't keep a home because they're continuing to pursue this one thing. This thing has a control over them, and, and they say that they're good, and they, they tell them the, themselves all of these things. But that one thing is controlling them. They, they aren't in control of that area. And it's because they've pursued this pleasure uh, thinking that it would fulfill them. But there's a God-sized shaped hole in their life that can only be filled by God. But they're coping with or they're trying to figure out how to, to fill it and, and then find fulfillment. And for some of you guys, it's, it's trying to, to please others. It's trying to find acceptance. And so you seek acceptance in your heart, but there are a number of things that you're doing. You're, you're, you're doing all of these things that you know that are wrong, and you're seeking acceptance. And, 
And so now you found yourself doing this thing and that thing and the other thing, and now you're ashamed, but you're trying to be accepted. And so, so now you have to deal with these emotions, and you feel trapped. The, the two, two things that I, I've seen a lot, one will be how the Bible talks about the words that we use. The Bible will say, uh, don't be a backbiter. Don't um, speak evil upon people. The Bible talks a lot about our words, and we're like, man, lying's not really bad. I mean, I just told a fib. It was just a little fib. We try to downplay lying. We, do, we try to downplay uh, gossiping or talking uh, negatively about someone. And, and, and when you see statistics about uh, how gossip on, on social media or uh, other devices leads to the, the high-ranking numbers of suicide, you would say, man, that's a serious problem. But you would realize that if, if my words, if, if death and life are in the power of the tongue, and I'm, I'm using my words to tear people down, am I, am I using it to, to build people up? Am I using it as God would have me? Or am I being used by the devil thinking that this is... This is cool. And now there are people who will take their lives. There are, there are people who feel like no one cares about them because we chose to walk in our flesh. The Bible says another one. The Bible gives a number of examples of how uh, uh, the lust of our eyes, the lust of our flesh, the pride of life. In other words, the Bible will give a number of things where he talks about uh, the heart. And he says, hey, listen, don't have hate in your heart. He doesn't just say uh, not to kill someone, but he says if you have a hate in your heart for a person, it's just as bad as murdering them. The Bible says that if you look at a woman with, with lust in your eyes, picturing that in your mind, that it's the same as committing a sexual sin with that person. You see, the Bible is clear in telling us that, that it is sin first in the heart. It is sin first here before we act upon it. And the Bible is saying, don't let sin reign in your mind. Don't allow yourself to be bound by these actions and these habits because you've given into them in your mind and in your heart. You see, there are a number of statistics say that the first time a, uh, a person will see something on the internet or things of that nature is when they're eight years old. So for me to act like people aren't in here struggling with the things that they see or the things that they hear, I would be a fool. The Bible says that when we have secret sin in our lives, that it will destroy us from the inside out. It will destroy us because we're trying to, to cover it up like Adam and Eve in the garden when they were trying to cover themselves. They were uh, trying to act as if everything was okay and, and God began to, to expose and, and to show them and say, hey, listen, how do you know this? What, what happened? What, what's going on? And what happens is if we continue in, in secret sin, there's this cycle of, of shame and guilt. And, and so, so many times you'll, you'll be anxious because you'll feel like you'll be found out or you'll be depressed because you fed your flesh so much that you have no desire for anything else but that one thing. And God is saying, hey, listen, I have a purpose for you. 
I have a plan for you. Hey, don't allow the temptation, the desires of your heart, of your flesh, don't give in to them. Don't allow them to reign, to control your actions. Hey, listen, turn to me, run to me. Hey, I can free you from these things. But because we're ashamed, because we're afraid that people will find out, we don't turn to Jesus. We don't look to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need your help. Hey, Jesus, I know that you made a way that not only that heaven is true for me, but that I can have a life free of these things because you have a purpose for me. You see, oftentimes we don't make the connection between the desires that we're trying to fill and the position and the place that God has in our heart. And God is saying many of the things that you're trying to, to, to pursue after, the things that you're desiring, are only found in me. But if we don't deal with the, the matter of our heart, when we uh, don't realize that sin starts in the heart, then we'll just look at everything outwardly and we'll try to, to hide them and, and cover them up and not realize that we are bound in our sin. You see, because of the decision that that Adam made, the choice that Adam made, we inherited a sin nature. But the Bible says that, that we can give into the, the flesh, that we uh, can be controlled by our own desires if we do not submit to the spirit of God that is in us. That's why Romans 5.14 says, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. That death reigned. When, when sin came, death reigned. There was separation. There was destruction. There was a, a pattern of sin. And, and there are a number of people that we can look in the Bible who, who we would see that there was a pattern of sin that they passed down. There was, uh, even if we go uh, back to Abraham, Abraham had made some decisions, something as simple as lying about his bride and, and saying that he's his sister. That same pattern was found in his son and his, and his son. You see, many of the things that you're struggling today, they didn't start with you, but they can end with you. There are many things that you are ashamed of in your family or things that you've seen in your life that, that you're like, man, why do I have to go through this? Hey, God, I want to be freed from this. But the reality is that you need to run to God. You, you don't need to try to figure it out yourself. I started off by saying that God has a plan bigger than you could even imagine. But rather than running to God, we try to find our own solution. We try, we try to hide it. We try to act like we're good. And God says, I'm the solution. Hey, I'm the, I'm the source of your strength. Hey, hey, I'm the one that will enable you and, and give you the ability to, to do the very things that bring true satisfaction. You see, when we talk about being Born in bondage, yes, there is inherited sin. Yes, there is a decision that we can make uh, to follow our flesh. God says, hey, listen, don't allow sin to reign. Don't be controlled by your desires to where your actions uh, are consumed in sin. Hey, God has a purpose for you. 
And he even pointed out the fact that he used the law of Moses to point out to them because sin blinds you and makes you think that you're all right when you really aren't. You see, this chapter talks about the fact that Adam was our representative. He uh, was, in fact, the one that we inherited a sin nature in. But Jesus was the solution. Jesus was so much better. Jesus made a way uh, for us to be free. Freedom is found in Jesus. If bondage was found in Adam, freedom is found in Jesus. And if we want Jesus, I'm excuse me, if we want freedom, then following after him is where we'll find the results that we're looking for. In this passage, the Bible says that the children of obedience walked after the ways of the world and followed the prince and the power of the air, the devil. And for us to be free, we need to not be children of disobedience, but we need to be uh, the children of God. We need to not only follow after the Holy Spirit, not, not the course of the world, but be led by Jesus. And that means that you're going to look different. That means you're going to walk different. That means that you're going to have different solutions than other people around you. But I promise you that if you run to Jesus for your freedom, like the woman at the well who had tried many times, who had been with many husbands, who, who when she realized who Jesus was before her, her life was changed. Like the, the person who was born lame, could never walk, never knew anything outside of being lame. When he experienced Jesus, he found freedom. And all Jesus had to do was speak into his life, and he walked. If you bow your heads and close your eyes, I'm a little longer than I normally do, but the truth is this. The Bible says that we are all sinners. Not just that we inherited this condition, but that we have free will to follow Jesus or to follow our flesh. And the Bible says that, that we're inclined to please ourselves, do what we want to do, even if it will destroy us. But God says, I love you. The, the fact that God has to kick through doors and, and go through all of these things is because sometimes we put walls up so that, he, that, that we try to keep him out of our lives. We want him on Sunday, but we, we don't want to include him in our relationships. We don't want to include him in what's really going in in our heart and how we feel. God says, I care so much about you. Hey, I don't want you to, to close yourself in. Hey, I don't want you to, to lock yourself up in this situation. Hey, I have so much more for you. The question is, are you okay with the condition that you're in? Are you okay with, with dealing with these struggles in your life by yourself? Or will you talk to someone today? Will you spend some time talking to Jesus? Will you spend some time today talking to a counselor and sharing with them what's on your heart and, and the fact that you came here to get free and, and I need some help? Hey, would you be willing to take practical steps tonight if you don't have a relationship with God so that you can experience a relationship with him someday? 
or whether there's just some elements in your life that are keeping you from, from walking with him properly. And I'm going to close in a word of prayer, but my encouragement to you tonight is to talk to someone. Talk to someone about what's going on in your heart and in your mind, that they would help you experience freedom. God, we love you. Lord, I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you that you came down to where we are in our sin and our stubbornness and our inability to please you on our own. You left heaven to meet our greatest need. God, I pray that, that these words would not just be spoken, Lord, but that they'd be received. And I pray that you would do a work that only you can do. But I pray that you would break some of the bondage that's been uh, given to them in the situation that they've uh, been born into. I pray that you would help them to desire you above their own fleshly desires. But I pray that you would help them to see that although they're young, that that does not disqualify them from, from going down a path that, that doesn't include your best for them. Help them to realize that the decisions that they make today matter. So Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you and praise you in your precious and holy name. And God's people said, amen, amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.